You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 1 and verse 1, it says, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Now, if that's all we knew about this book, if it was just the words of Jeremiah, I wouldn't be too excited about that because the words of man really don't make a lot of difference, do they? Because people can be wrong. People can be mixed up. People can get confused. People can get uh, all out of whack. But it says these were the words of Jeremiah. But notice what verse 2 says, to whom the word of the Lord came. Aren't you glad for the word of the Lord? And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. We talked about that uh, last week. We talked about the country, Jeremiah's country, and the culture and the the climate in in the nation of Judah. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we talked about Jeremiah's compassion and his broken heart. But notice verse number three, it says, it came also, what came also? The word of the Lord. It, not, it didn't only come in the time of Josiah, but it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, all the way unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Verse number four, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, God says to Jeremiah, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. We'll look in the next few weeks, we'll look at verses 6 through uh, 10, but I want to stop right there for this evening. Just I want to get to where I'm going. Tonight, I'd like to speak for a few moments as we're getting into the introduction of the book of Jeremiah and the the life of Jeremiah and lessons from Jeremiah. I'd like for us to see tonight Jeremiah's calling. I'd like for us to see how that the call of God was placed upon Jeremiah's life. And by the way, Jeremiah started preaching when he was about 20. But the call of God came long before Jeremiah was 20. The call of God came to Jeremiah and was upon Jeremiah, the Bible says, before he was formed in his mother's womb. Aren't you glad that God is not operating last minute? Aren't you glad that nothing catches God by surprise and God says, oh, wait a minute, I forgot about Victory Baptist Church. Oh, I forgot about those people. I forgot about Roanoke Rapids. We got to figure something out. Aren't you glad that God's got a plan? Aren't you glad that God's got a purpose? Aren't you glad that God is at work and his plan and his purpose is perfect? Jeremiah was called by God. I want you to notice tonight that a calling is a divine summons. It's a vocation. In Jeremiah's case, that was his vocation. That was his occupation. That was his job. It is an invitation. God called and Jeremiah answered. I believe that there is a calling from God in 2019. I believe there is a calling from God, not just on pastors, 
not just on missionaries, not just on people that are serving on a church staff like God has called uh, Caleb and Jennifer to come and join us and like God has called Brother Dan and Miss Kelly to come and serve here and God calls people into full-time ministry. But I want to tell you, God is calling every born-again child of God. God is calling us to serve Him. And God has a calling and God has a plan for you. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts and I pray that you'd help me as I do my best to relay the message to these people that you've given me. I thank you for your calling. I thank you for the invitation. I thank you for the voice of God that we can hear and the word of God that we can uh, uh, soak in and absorb and that we can respond to. Lord, I pray you'd work in our hearts tonight. May we recognize the call of God in each and every one of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm glad that there is still, all these thousands of years later, I'm glad there is still a message from God. Aren't you glad that we can still hear the voice of God? Not audibly, but I can tell you, we've got something better than a, an, um, a voice recording. We've got the inspired the inerrant, the infallible, the preserved Word of God. We can pick it up anytime. We can read it. And this is a word from God for you and for me. And it's not outdated. It, it, it is still uh, uh, impactful. It is still powerful. It is still practical. There's a word from God, the voice of God. I believe that God is in the communication business. You see, wouldn't it be depressing if at your home, there was no communication between a husband and wife or between parents and children or children and parents. Wouldn't that be depressing? If you went home and some of you are saying, well, it's kind of like that now. Well, it shouldn't be like that. But wouldn't that be depressing if nobody ever talked? Nobody knew what anybody else was doing. Uh, and I understand that with our schedules, we're busy, but there wasn't a text message. There wasn't a phone call. There wasn't a, a note written and posted on the refrigerator. Hey, uh, I'll be home at such and such time. Wouldn't it be sad? Wouldn't it be depressing if you went to work and there was no communication from the boss? There was no communication from any other employees. There was no communication from no one. You had no clue what was going on. Some of you are saying, well, you hit the nail on the head again. That's kind of how it is at my workplace. Well, that's not the way it ought to be. And can I tell you, that's not the way it ought to be in the Christian life. There ought to be communication between the child and the father. And I want to tell you, there is communication from the father to the child. God has communicated to us what we need to know in his word. But now it's up to us to read it. It's up to us to study it. It's up to us to get to church and to hear the preaching and get to Sunday school and hear the teaching. And it's up to us to receive the word of God. It says in verse number two, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. Verse three, in the days of Jehoiakim. Verse four, then the word of the Lord came unto me. I'm glad that the word of God came to Jeremiah in the good times and in the bad times. Remember how we talked last week that in the reign of Josiah, there was a reformation, there became a revival, they cleaned up the temple, they found the word of God, and things were booming, and it was happening, and God's people were rejoicing. But then you remember there were some other kings 
Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin and Zedekiah. And there were kings that uh, turned their back on God. And there were kings that rejected the word of Jeremiah. But guess what? No matter how bad it got, God was still speaking to Jeremiah. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how bad it gets in our country. It doesn't matter how bad it gets in our society. God's still speaking to us if we'll listen. God's got a message for us if we will pay attention. God's got something for us. God speaks in revival and God speaks in ruin. God speaks on the mountaintops, but God also speaks in the valleys. God speaks in the prosperity, but He also speaks in poverty. God speaks in freedom and He speaks in captivity. God speaks in the sunshine and He speaks in the rain. I'm glad that the Word of God is not hindered by the situations that we're in. The call of God was on Jeremiah's life before he was ever born. God had a purpose for Jeremiah. God's purpose for Jeremiah was that Jeremiah was going to be a prophet. Not only to Judah, but notice what it says in verse number 5. I ordained thee a prophet unto the what? Nations, plural. Jeremiah was a prophet, not just to Judah, but as we'll see towards the end of this book, he had a message for the surrounding nations around Israel. He said, hey, God's got something for you. I'm glad that God had a purpose for Jeremiah. Notice what it says in verse 5. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. You know, if we're going to answer the call and if we're going to find God's calling for our lives, it's going to require sanctification. You say, well, what's sanctification all about? Sanctification, it just means that we've been set apart. We are set apart from the world and we are set apart unto God. And a Christian that is used by God will be a Christian that is clean, that is holy, that is godly, that is sanctified specifically for God's use. But then it says also, God says, I have ordained thee. That word ordained, it means to be appointed. It means to be established. It means it's been settled. Boy, I hope it's been settled for you. And I hope it's been established in your life that you belong to God. Your life's mission is not to please yourself. My life's mission is not to please myself. But our life's mission is to find the will of God and to do it. It tells us in Romans 11, I'd encourage you to jot down this reference if you have a pen. I want you to maybe look at this later if you have time. But it says in Romans 11, verse number 29, it tells us that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Interesting. Brother uh, Harrell, who preached here Sunday, he talked about the word repentance. And he talked about how that that means a change of mind which leads to a change of direction. I believe in that, absolutely. But what this verse is saying in Romans, it says that when God calls you and when God equips you, he doesn't change his mind. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance, meaning when God calls you to do something, he's not going to change his mind. Uh, God doesn't make a mistake. God doesn't have to go back and review the facts and see the big picture. He knows the big picture. And God called Jeremiah, and God did not change his mind. I'm thankful that when God calls, God also equips. 
Aren't you glad that God gives you what you need to do the work he's called you to do? You say, I don't know how I can be the father I need to be. God will equip you. You say, I don't know how I can be the mother I need to be. I don't know how I can be the husband or the, the wife I need to be. Or how I can be the grandparent or how I can be the teacher or, or, or how I can be uh, this, this or that. God will give you what you need. God will give me what I need. And he'll equip me and he'll equip you for the job that you have. I will say this. God called Jeremiah to be a prophet, to be a preacher. God does not call everyone to be a preacher. I understand that. And that's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm not saying that God's called everybody to be a, a, a pastor or a preacher. But God has called everybody to tell people about Jesus. God has called every one of us to let our light shine and to live for God and to serve God. There was a young farmer who was out one day in the field and he had really been praying and really been struggling and asking God to show him and to give him a sign what he was supposed to do. He was out plowing the field one day and he looked up in the clouds and he saw it. Two letters, he thought. And he said, I, there it is. There's the letters. I know that's what God's telling me to do. It was the letter P and the letter C. And he went all over town and he said, I know it. He said, God showed me in the clouds. God showed me in the sky. I know what I'm supposed to do. I saw it. It said, PC, preach Christ. Boy, he said, I'm going to preach the gospel and I'm going to do this and that. And he started preaching a little bit. And after he preached a little bit, somebody pulled him aside and said, buddy, I don't think that was preach Christ. I think that was plant corn. You know, I think that's what God was telling you to do. And I'll tell you this, God doesn't call everybody to preach, but God does call everyone to serve. And God does have a plan for everyone. And because God does not call you to be a pastor, that doesn't make you second rate. As a matter of fact, if God calls you to do something else, and you say, well, I want to preach instead, you are, you are stepping down out of the will of God if you're not fulfilling the call that God has for you. God calls us to serve Him. Your calling may be, and I, I started jotting down a few. I didn't cover everybody. We'd be here all night if I did. I hope you understand that. Your calling may not be to preach, but your calling may be to serve in the nursing homes like Brother Fats Warren does, multiple times a month. You say, is that important? Oh, you better believe it's important. When someone will go into a nursing home and someone will stand up and share the gospel and someone will sing and someone will pray with people and someone will witness to somebody. Can I tell you, God may be calling you to a nursing home like he's called Brother Fats. God may be calling you and your calling may be to serve in a nursery. You say, is the nursery important? You better believe it's important. And if you don't think it's important, we won't do it, but we should. One of these days, we'll let the nursery workers go on strike for one service, and you and I will find out how important the nursery is. Can I tell you, that's important. I think about so many of our nursery workers. I think about Miss Karen, who oversees our nurseries, and Miss Becky, I always tease about you always never being in church because you're always in the nursery. But God may call you to the nursery. God may call you to the kitchen. I think about our two of our many ladies that serve. I think about Miss Edna and Miss Francis. And I think about how that when we have these, these meals and funerals and all that, how they will recruit and how so many ladies will come together and serve. I think about Miss Walker who used to be in that kitchen. 
and who used to serve and who used to be there. I think about Brother and Mrs. Graham, Brother and Mrs. Tillery, who are in the Master Clubs. Every Saturday morning, they are cooking breakfast for our soul winners and bus workers. And you say, is that important? You better believe it's important. It's encouragement. It's ministry. It's serving God. I think about Brother Bobby Jones, who his calling in life, and Brother Boogie would attest to this, Brother Bobby Jones, he always shows up right after the work is done, but that's what God... No, no, I'm just kidding. I just had to tease. We, we call... Uh, Brother Bobby and Brother Boogie go back and forth, but they call each other the blister, you know, that shows up after the work is done. But I don't know what your calling is, but your calling may be to Sunday school. I think about Miss Grace Lucas that for all of these years has taught Sunday school, the, uh, the, the two and three-year-olds every Sunday morning for years. And I think about our Sunday school teachers who are faithful. I think about the piano. Aren't you so thankful we have a piano and we have people that can play the piano? Miss Cheryl for all these years and Miss Phyllis and Lydia and others. I want to tell you, you take away a piano from a service and you realize, boy, we are blessed to have a piano and to have an organ with uh, Miss uh, Drew and Miss Odell that play that organ. I want to tell you, they have found their calling. They have found something that they can do. And you know what's amazing? Is so many times we don't even notice it until they're gone. Isn't that so true? I think about the sound booth. You know, the only time you notice the sound booth is when it's not working or when Russell Jefferson is snoring. That's the only time you notice that. So I'll make sure he's listening. You know, I think about Brother Russell. You know, I've not heard Brother Russell sing a solo, for which I'm grateful. No, I'm just kidding. But I'll tell you what, he's found his calling. And there's a faithful man that will be in that sound booth and that will serve. And uh, what's your calling? I think about the bus ministry. I think about uh, Miss Cindy and Brother Charles and Miss Lisa and others. But I think about those who, they've been doing it longer than I've been here. And can I tell you, the bus ministry, maybe that's your calling. Maybe it's the shuttle ministry, Brother uh, Jordan and Brother uh, Jason Holliday. Uh, maybe uh, you could be a mechanic, a Lewis Anderton and many others who help us with that. Maybe God would call you to master clubs like uh, Miss uh, Lori Futrell for these years with our four and five-year-olds and all the other helpers in there. Maybe God would call you to help us as a greeter. I think about Brother Alton Powell. It's amazing how many visitors come and they'll always say, we met Alton out front. And boy, he was so friendly, and boy, he was so kind and so helpful. But can I tell you, that's work, that's a calling, that's, a, that's someone recognizing the place that God has for them. I think about Brother Howard Fields, who has served as chairman of several pulpit committees here, and how God has used him. And I think about the blessing that he is, I think about our ushers. I think about Brother Steve and the, and the army of ushers. And you guys, you're incredible. You guys are wonderful. But can I tell you, you have found your call and you're doing something. I think about Brother Mrs. Askew. And it's amazing to me, those of you that are in the early service, you know, they're here every Sunday morning. And they are here early and they stay for both services. They're here Sunday night and they stay late and Wednesday nights. You talk about, I say behind the scenes just because they do everything. But they have found their calling. I think about our staff. I could never do what Brother Dan does for our staff. Brother Dan handles all of our finances and all of the business and all the details and just the, the buildings and grounds and besides the Sunday school and besides everything else, preaching, all that. I could not do that. I could not, I could not get in high-speed chases as a, a chaplain and chasing people down. He loves it. I could not do it. 
But you know what? God's called him. God's given him a calling. I think about Brother Nathan, and we, we tease Brother Nathan. I think it was Caleb, I think it was at Lacey or Savannah, one of them. Savannah, a couple, year, a year, a couple years ago, um, uh, Caleb was visiting, and uh, he asked Savannah, he said, now, um, he said, now, what does Brother Nathan do around here? She said, oh, he just runs copies. He said, Brother, Brother Dan's the assistant who does all the work, and Brother Nathan, he just runs copies. You know, that, we, we've loved giving him a hard time. But you know what Brother Nathan does around here? A lot. Our teens and our music and so many other things. And, and Miss Kelly who does so much and Miss Grace who does so much and Joanna who does, our, our staff. Can I tell you, they, the things that they do, I could never do. But that's because they found their calling. And I look around this room and I could name every single person in here and I could talk about things that you do and things that you help and how you serve and the blessing you are. But we've got to find our calling. God has a job for you. So here's my question. Have you found that calling? Have you found that ministry? Have you found that area that God has called you to do? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to go quickly. I'm already out of time. It says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You say, well, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not talented enough, or I'm not experienced enough. Good. Guess what? God could use you, and God could get all the glory for using you because you're not able, and I'm not able. And if we have to wait till we're qualified, or we have to wait till we're the expert, then probably God's not going to be able to use us. But God chooses to use those who are humble. Those who are base, those who uh, uh, say, I can't do it, but God can and God gets the glory. Second Timothy, the Bible says that God has saved us and he's called us with an holy calling. Hebrews 3, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, capital A, and the high priest, capital HP, of our profession, Christ Jesus. When you think about your calling, it's a holy calling, and it's a heavenly calling. Think about Jesus and think about the fact that he's worthy of us serving him. He's worthy of us finding our calling and fulfilling it. 2 Peter 1, verse 10, the Bible says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. We must give diligence to make sure that we have found our calling and that we're doing it and that we're convinced of it. I'm thankful that we're not called by man. Now, you may have a, a pastor or a youth pastor or an assistant pastor. Somebody say, hey, we need you to teach a class or we need you to help in the bus ministry or we need you to serve in the nursery. I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, we've got to know that what we're doing is because God has called us. Jeremiah said, I'm preaching, but it's because God called me. You see, if we were called by man, then that could change. If I, and by the way, I was called to preach. In 1994, God called me to preach. I answered that call. I surrendered to that call. And the pastor, uh, well, was not a pastor, but the preacher who was preaching at that time is no longer in the ministry. And the preacher that was preaching when I surrendered to preach the gospel, he's no longer serving God. But can I tell you, I didn't get called by a preacher. And I didn't say yes to follow a preacher. 
And I didn't say yes to follow a man. I said, yes, I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to preach the gospel because God has called me. And when God calls, he doesn't change his mind. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind like we could. Let me give you a few thoughts quickly. Number one, don't let anyone distract you from your calling. Now, I've already asked you what's your calling, so I'm hoping that you have said, here's my calling. I'm serving in this area. I'm serving in this ministry. Uh, I'm, I, I'm visiting. I'm calling. I'm checking on people. I'm soul winning. I'm praying. I'm doing all these things. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what God has called me. Number one, don't let anyone distract you from your calling. You see, Satan loves to put distractions in your way. You know how you can be working on a project and you're working on that project and your phone rings or somebody knocks or somebody comes by or something happens and the next thing you know, you're thinking, wait a minute, what was I doing here? What, what, what am I supposed to be working on? Satan loves to distract you from doing what God has called you to do. Just think about the distractions that Jeremiah faced. Think about the political distractions in Jeremiah's time. He went from a king like Josiah, who was a king for all those years, 30, what we say, 38 years? He was king for all those years, 31 years. He was king for all those years. And then next, there's Jehoahaz for three months. Huh. Then after that, there's Jehoiakim. And then there's uh, uh, Jehoiachin for another three months. Then there's Zedekiah. It was a distracting time in Judah. But Jeremiah did not get distracted from his calling. He faithfully preached the word of God for over 50 years because his calling came from God. Just think how distracting it was when the Babylonian army was encamped all around Jerusalem. I want to tell you, I know we've got news and I know we've got uh, updates and all that stuff, but can you imagine before television, before the radio, before the newspapers, can you imagine how the word would travel? Hey, the enemy army, they're coming. Hey, the Babylonians, they're on their way. Hey, the Babylonians are right outside our wall. The Babylonians at any time could come and could conquer. Don't you think that would be distracting? But you know what Jeremiah did? He just kept on preaching. He just kept on going. He just kept doing what God had called him to do. The people were taken captive. The people were taken into Babylon 500 miles away. And Jeremiah was left with the remnant there in Jerusalem. And Jeremiah said, hey, God called me and he hadn't changed his mind. And so I'm just going to keep preaching right where I'm at and I'm not going to be distracted. Number one, don't let anyone distract you. Number two, don't let anything deter you from your calling. The word deter, it means to stop or discourage or prevent, usually with doubt and fear. You know, many times... The enemy of the best is the good. And sometimes we get deterred or we get stopped from doing what God has called us to do because we find something else that's pretty good. I'm not out living in sin. I'm not getting drunk and I'm not doing drugs and I'm not cursing and I'm not living like the devil, but we'll find something good and it will take us away from the best. Well, friend, I want to tell you what the best is. The best is what God has called you to do. That's the thing you want to do. Don't let anything deter you. We will see in the book of Jeremiah how that there were many things that could have deterred Jeremiah. There was one king that took his message 
and took the writing of his message and took a knife and cut it into shreds and threw it into a fire and said, see how you like that, Jeremiah. There was another king that had Jeremiah thrown into a pit. There were people that came by and threatened Jeremiah and, and, and threatened to kill him and threatened to harm him because of his preaching. There were people that kidnapped. Literally, they took Jeremiah against his will and they kidnapped him and took him down into Egypt. I don't know what you call that if you, you're kidnapped but you're an adult. I don't know if you call that adult napped or prophet napped or what you call it, but they took him against his will but it didn't deter him. He just kept preaching even when he was down in Egypt, even when he was being held hostage, even when he was being held against his will, he just kept preaching the calling that God had given him to do. Reminds me of Paul in Acts 28. The Bible says that Paul let no man forbid him. Nobody could stop him. It's kind of like the Energizer Bunny. He just kept going and going and going and going. And when other people got deterred and other people got discouraged and other, other people got distracted, not Jeremiah. He just kept going because he was answering the call of God on his life. I'll say this, number three, don't be disappointed in your calling. Not only do not let anyone distract you, don't let anything deter you, but number three, don't be disappointed in your calling. You see, if Satan cannot destroy you, he will try to distract you. He will certainly try to deter you, or you could even say detour you, but he's going to definitely try to get you off the path. He's going to definitely try to stop you. And if he can't do that, he's going to try to discourage you, but he's going to do something to try to keep you from serving God and fulfilling the calling of God on your life. You say, well, well Pastor, what are you talking about being disappointed? I'll say this, you and I, in our lives, we will be disappointed if we compare ourselves with somebody else. Because you know what's amazing is we don't see the whole picture. You might say, well, so-and-so, they've got it all together. Boy, it seems like their job is going good. It seems like their family, everything's great. It seems like their health is great. It seems like everything's going well for them. Well, first of all, it may be, but secondly, it may not be. You don't know the burdens that they face. You don't know the struggles that they have. And the grass always looks greener, doesn't it, with somebody else until you walk a mile in their shoes and you realize, oh, wow, they've got some struggles too. But when we compare ourselves with others, it's easy to be discouraged. When we think we know what someone else has or what someone else is dealing with, but we don't always know the reality of their struggles. As a matter of fact, we'll never know till we get to heaven what somebody else was actually going through or not going through. So here's, here's how it works, I think. I remember when I was an assistant pastor in uh, California and worked in the college. I was assistant pastor for my dad in Illinois. But I remember there were times where I remember thinking, man, it must be nice being the pastor. You know, you just, you get to just do whatever you want. Man, that must be nice. And then I remember hearing pastors say, boy, enjoy it while you're an assistant pastor. Uh, I, uh, my father-in-law used to say that being an assistant pastor is the gravy train of the ministry. Now, don't ask Brother Dan, and well, Caleb doesn't know yet because we haven't really, you know what I mean, we haven't really started yet. 
He d- don't tell them. Don't tell them, okay? Wait till they move all their stuff in. But, you know, can I tell you, it's easy to look at so-and-so and think, man, it must be nice being in the choir or it must be nice working and serving the nursery. It must be nice being in the sound booth or it must be nice being an usher. Or, boy, I wish I could be on the bus ministry. Boy, boy, that would be great. Or I wish I could be in the junior church or I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. You know, the truth is, if you compare yourself with everybody else, you will be disappointed. But God has not called us to compare ourselves with everyone else. God has called us to be faithful to the calling that he has given us. You see, Jeremiah could have said, boy, I wish I could have been a prophet with King David. (laughs) He probably would not have enjoyed that because you remember what Nathan had to do? Nathan had to look David in the face and say, hey, you have sinned and thou art the man. But it'd be easy to compare. It would have been better to be a prophet under Solomon or Hezekiah. Maybe Jeremiah thought, boy, I wish I could call fire down from heaven like Elijah. I wish I could raise the dead like Elisha. I wish I could part the Red Sea like Moses. Or I wish I could see the walls of a city come down like Joshua. But you will be disappointed. And I will be disappointed if we compare ourselves with others. The Bible says that is not wise. We've got to keep our focus on the calling that God has given us. So number four, and we're done. What do we do with our calling? I'll say this, be dedicated and be determined in your calling. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, God's called you to be a mother, be faithful in that calling. God's called you to be a prayer warrior. God's called you to teach a Sunday school class. God's called you to serve God in whatever capacity. God's called you to be a witness at the workplace. Be determined and be dedicated to your calling. Be faithful. You say, but do you think Jeremiah ever had any difficulty in his calling? I'm sure he did. Jeremiah could have said all of these things. Are you ready? He could have said, nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Why why should I bother? That's sometimes why when I'm preaching and I'll get started and I'll say something and nobody gives a holy grunt. That's why sometimes I'll repeat it because I just want to make sure you're listening. That's why sometimes I'll actually even say something that's not right just to make sure you catch it, to make sure you're listening. You say, but pastor, we're not listening. Well, maybe you're not, but at least, at least fool me. At least make me think you're listening. But Jeremiah, he had people that weren't listening. Jeremiah could have said, but nobody appreciates me. Jeremiah did not have too many years where they said, Jeremiah, we sure appreciate your ministry. <laughs> no, it was the opposite. They didn't appreciate his ministry. Jeremiah could have said, nobody loves me. Jeremiah could have said, nobody even knows I exist. Jeremiah could have said, but nothing is being accomplished. I am wasting my time. Hang on, time out. You might be able to say those things too. In whatever your ministry, whatever your calling, whatever your situation is, maybe at work you're trying to be a witness or maybe at home you're trying to be an example or be a testimony or, or maybe you're trying to be a witness to people and passing out tracts and sharing the gospel and you say, but nobody cares and nobody's listening. Hang on. You're not doing it, and I'm not doing it for those reasons. We're not doing it for the applause of man. We're not doing it for the recognition of man. We're not serving God so that people will be impressed with us. We're doing it because God has called us. We're doing it because God thinks it's important. We're doing it because God will reward us, and God knows what He is doing. And when God called us, He didn't make a mistake. 
Philippians 1, 6, the Bible says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. If God called you, you can count on God to uphold his end of the bargain. You can count on God to never leave you or forsake you. So here we are, the closing. Have you identified your calling? What is your calling? Do you know what it is? You don't have to stand up and say it. You don't have to write it down and pass it into the aisle. But do you know what your calling is? Secondly, if not, why not? Have you listened? Have you prayed? Have you sought the Lord? Have you said, Lord, please show me what am I supposed to do? What is the reason why you've placed me here? What can I do to serve you? Then remember, as you fulfill your calling, remember that God is always faithful. He will never let you down. He'll never disappoint. He'll never, he'll never abandon you. He'll never forsake you. He is faithful. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.